0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good evening, All Saints Church. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, even though we are apart on this Easter vigil, I'm still thankful that we can meet together to celebrate our Lord's resurrection. Surely this is one thing that we can all say is a first for us. Over and over again, as I listen to those on television and the radio, I hear, we've never done it like this before. And I can share that sentiment this evening. We've never done an Easter vigil like this before, and yet God is faithful to us. We are in our homes and with the ones we love, recalling how the one who first loved us overcame death and achieved the ultimate triumph that we might be united to God. Now, I've got to be honest with you all. A few years ago, I gave up all forms of social media to keep my online distractions as minimal as possible. But a few weeks ago, I reactivated my Facebook page to get a sense of the response to everything going on related to the pandemic. To say that my experience has been eye-opening and informative would be an understatement. And I have not given up the opinion that for many, before they share their post, they need to find someone in whose judgment they trust and let them decide if the post should be shared or deleted. However, there have been some humorous, clever, and even comforting things worth the click. I found a lot of common ground with someone who shared a meme that said, this Lent is the Lentiest Lent that I have ever Lented. I also resonated deeply with someone who shared a meme that said, I didn't give, didn't expect to give up this much for Lent. And I would imagine for many of us, we can share in that sentiment as we think back over the past few weeks. Yet we find ourselves at the end of Lent yearning like never before for joy, desiring to come out of the darkness and into the light We find ourselves wanting to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the victory of God over the forces of evil in this world, but we may not be able to feel it as in years past. Fear, doubt, uncertainty, despair, anxiety, and even death have seemed to tighten their grip on people around the world. And the end of this crisis seems so far away. How do we celebrate and find comfort, hope, peace, joy, and victory in a time like this? How does the resurrection of Jesus inform our understanding of what is going on around us? In my time of prayer and thought regarding tonight's sermon, I kept going back to three areas where the resurrection and its power inform us during this pandemic. Our fear, our finitude or limits, and our future. There are only a few times in my life where I, where I have witnessed fear grip the nation as it is doing right now. The most recent event that I can recall was 9-11. Once it was clear that America was under attack, people became quite fearful. In fact, it overwhelmed many of us that morning and in the days after. We weren't sure how to respond to such an attack on our nation, on our highest institutions, and on our very way of life. As a nation, we have been punched right in the mouth. How to handle that knockdown and respond was a challenge that an entire generation had not seen before. And I've noticed some parallels to those days over the past two weeks. With many of us feeling isolated, trapped in our own homes, out of work, out of school, facing true and real struggles that affect our very existence and way of life, a strong sense of fear has begun to creep in. And this is part of what it means to be human. When we can't work and earn money to provide for ourselves and our loved ones, why would we have such confidence in our lives? When we can't go to school and finish the year, why would we feel like we are ready to go on to the next level when school begins again, if school begins again? When our friends and family members fall ill, perhaps even enter into eternity during this time, Where is the unshakable faith that enables us to rise and face each new day? The many different news channels are not helping us face our fear as they constantly discuss how things are getting worse when they incessantly discuss how the number of infected and the number of deaths keep rising. I heard one anchor try to encourage his viewers by saying that we should conquer our fear with facts. But he was oblivious to the idea that the facts are spurring on our fear. What do we do with our fear? How can we conquer it when it seems like the situation is only getting worse with each passing day? And then we have the added dimension that we see just how finite we are, how finite this world and the things of this world are in light of an event like this. The control that we think we have is not there. We start to realize that it was an illusion all along. Our highly developed nation with its powerful economy, its highly developed technology and workforce have been brought quite low by something microscopic and seemingly conquerable. We have realized that there are limits all around us and even within us. There's a limit to our credit card. There's a limit to our seniority and status at work. There's a limit to our patience with each other as we are on top of each other more than ever before cramped in our homes. Even our beloved pets have limits to how much attention they get and how many walks they can take in a given day or even a given hour. As we so often crave to be left alone, we now realize that there's a limit to that. The once limitless hope and joy that we felt has disappeared. We might even no longer feel alone, but now we feel lonely or isolated The light within us is growing ever dimmer. The constraints that we spurn and try to erase have not gone anywhere. In fact, they have made their presence known in new and powerful ways that leave us without any answers in light. One might feel like the author of Psalm 88 when he cried out to God saying, For my soul is full of trouble. I am confined and cannot escape. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. Where do we turn? What do we do with this sense of finitude and limitation? As if these things lurking in our lives weren't enough, the thought and question of our future has become larger and larger with each hour, with each press briefing that brings more warnings and grim numbers of what's to come in the next few months. What will happen here at church? What will happen at school? What will happen at work? What will happen with my 401k? What will happen in our neighborhood? What might happen in our home? All these are legitimate questions that seek substantive answers, which are more elusive than the sight of a pack of toilet paper in any store right now. Again, it's part of our humanity to ponder the days ahead. We cannot help but think of what's to come as we move forward and try to learn a new normal. What does Anderson Cooper or Sean Hannity have to say on these questions? What will Anthony Fauci be able to tell us on these issues? Who can speak to them? Beloved, I cannot give you the answers to our questions. I cannot give you the peace that we seek. I cannot tell you in specifics what's in our future. But I can tell you of the one who knows our fear I can tell you of the one who took on our finite nature while still keeping his infinite nature. I can tell you of the one who holds our future in his hands, who holds all of time in his hands. As he himself faced his own fear the night before his death, as he grappled with living within this finite world that he had created. And as he pondered his own future, Only he can bring us through to the other side because he himself came through to the other side. Tonight, we find great comfort in the words of Christ as he told John on the island of Patmos, fear not, and I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. We find rest for our souls as Jesus tells us, because I live, you will live also. We find hope in St. Paul's words have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. On this night, that we celebrate the initiation of the redemption for which all of creation groans. Give him your fear. He intimately understands it. Give him your finitude and limitation. He intimately walked in that as well. Give him your future, for he already sovereignly holds it in his hands. And then let him give you his peace to calm your fear, his grace, which perfects our finite nature and the assurance that our future is secure with him. Now to him who overcame the fallen world that was created very good to him who began a good work in you and will bring it to completion. To him who raised Christ from the dead and made him sit at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And he has put all things under his feet and made him head over all things. To him who gives us life because he is the source of all life. To him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.